This is Ron Gant, and this is my two cents worth of safety for DisasterCast. Pop quiz. Are most accidents caused by unsafe behavior or by unsafe conditions? Have your answer? Good. Keep it to yourself for a minute, because rather than talking about your answer, we should spend some time talking about the question. It's an age-old question in the safety profession, perhaps first asked officially by Heinrich, who told us that 88% of accidents are caused by unsafe acts. And it's a question that's hotly debated to this day. But here's the thing. The question itself is problematic because it assumes so much. There are at least three assumptions made in the question that many in the safety profession take for granted. One that we can know the actual cause of accidents, as in causes something that exists in reality and it can be found. Two, that there is such a thing as unsafe behavior that is distinctly identifiable as a category. And three, that any cause of an accident can be clearly attributed to an unsafe behavior or to an unsafe condition and there is no significant overlap between those two categories, as in they are mutually exclusive. Unfortunately, even though many in the safety profession accept all of the above without question, each of the above assumptions is at best hotly debated and at worst shown to be inaccurate in the safety science and social science literature. This alone speaks to problems within the safety profession, and many volumes have been written on the assumptions, which we just can't do justice to in this podcast. However, we should spend some time to at least challenge the thinking regarding, quote, unsafe behavior, and present some new ways of understanding human behaviors. The first question that, we sh that should spring to our minds when we speak of unsafe behavior is, unsafe by whose measure? After all, let's not forget that in the safety profession, there's not a clearly agreed upon definition of what safety is. And often when we talk about unsafe behavior, we're speaking about it in retrospect, usually after an accident, as in, quote, because of his unsafe behavior, the employee fell off the ladder. This often leads to circular arguments. The employee fell off the ladder because of his unsafe behavior. How do we know his behavior was unsafe? because he fell off the ladder. Even if we take one of the most widely agreed upon definitions of safety, that safety is, quote, freedom from unacceptable risk, we still run into problems. Why? Because we're defining whether the risk was acceptable or not in a world that is objectively different than the world was before the accident. We know the true cost of the behavior, assuming that we can say that an accident was caused by the behavior, which is another very problematic assumption to make. More on that later, though. The person, though, did not know the true cost. Sure, they probably knew that the potential was there, but there's a difference between a potential loss and an actual loss. What if the person decided that the potential for an accident was an acceptable risk? Must we then say that the behavior was safe because the person accepted it? It seems silly, but this is the sort of question we must ask if we accept that there is a clear distinction between safe and unsafe behavior. Furthermore, and this is very important, the distinction between unsafe behavior and unsafe conditions assumes that you can draw a meaningful separation between behavior and conditions 
or context. But here's a challenge for you. Assuming for a second that we're able, able to tell when a behavior is safe or unsafe, name one behavior that is always, quote, unsafe, without also making a reference to a context or a condition. Go ahead. We'll give you a minute. Time's up. Got one? We sure couldn't. Okay. Um, thought long and hard uh, and simply can't come up with any individual behavior that by itself, regardless of any condition or context, is always unsafe. Whenever we think of an unsafe behavior, it always has a contextual element associated with it. Some common examples. Work near an unprotected leading edge more than 30 feet off the ground. The only behavior identified is the work. The rest is context. Working on energized equipment without appropriate controls in place. Again, the behavior is the work. The rest is context. Even the quintessential unsafe act, running with scissors, could be considered safe in certain contexts, such as in a medical emergency with trauma scissors. This means that the debate between unsafe behavior and unsafe conditions is a false flag. It's not an either-or scenario. We shouldn't be focusing on one or the other, but rather on both and how each affects the other. System theorists teach us that interactions and relationships between parts are more important than the parts themselves. Why aren't we focusing on that instead? And this leads us to some thoughts for alternative ways of understanding behavior. Eric Hallnagel presents an interesting and informative model for understanding people's behavior as it relates to safety. Rather than thinking in bimodal terms, such as it's safe or unsafe, one or the other, people's behavior is more about variability. As in, people adjust their performance to match the conditions they are in to help them achieve success in a complex, resource-constrained world with competing goals. And it's this performance variability that creates failure, which we then call unsafe acts. However, this performance variability is also the reason that work is successful most of the time, as in accidents are rare and the job gets done an overwhelming majority of the time. So rather than working to eliminate unsafe behavior, we should instead help people make better adjustments to their environment. This requires two shifts for the safety professional. One, we must understand how work works. Typically, we create rules separate from the work environment. Then we get frustrated when people violate our rules and get into accidents. We think that this must be a problem with the people involved, but often the problem is that we design work in a way that just doesn't work. If people are constantly adjusting their performance to help them achieve success, then we need to get out there and understand what's really happening on the ground floor and why. This means that your employees have just as much or more to teach you about how to do their job safely as you do them. Two, there's just as much or more to learn from what goes right as there is to learn from what goes wrong. We spend a lot of time learning from failures, which makes sense, but if that's all we do, then we get a skewed version of the world. We start to think that what we're finding is unique to failures, for example, procedure violations. 
But if we start to learn why our organizations are succeeding most of the time, then we might start to realize that success and failure often have the same causes. This presents all sorts of unique opportunities for us to learn about how our organization creates safety on a daily basis and why that sometimes doesn't work. It's time though that we stop hanging onto the crutch of unsafe behavior as a concept. The concept is misleading and it doesn't really lend itself to good interventions for the safety professional. Further, there are better concepts out there that more accurately explain behavior and present innovative interventions for the safety professional. That's it for me. This has been my two cents worth of safety for DisasterCast. Thanks for listening.